Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Yirmiyahu Perak Chaf Gimel, Jeremiah chapter 23. This is a hard-hitting chapter today, and it's really divided into two. The first segment, which is Pasuk Aleph through to Pasuk Chet, the first eight verses, talks about Hoi Ro'im, woe to the shepherds, ma'abdim umifitzim etzon maritin umashem, who, who destroy, who scatter my sheep. It, th- it seems to be talking to the political leaders who have you know, misled the people and therefore are going to cause their demise. And we know they're talking about the leadership because we we see in verse five, Instead of the shepherds who are going to lose my sheep, um, I am going to establish a king who will do justice and do righteousness in the land, and he will be Umalach Melech, he will be the king, and he will be called Hashem Tzidkenu. And maybe this is indeed a pun on the on the name Sidkiahu. Sidkiahu was the last king of Israel and a particularly ineffective king. And maybe this comes from that period. We don't know. Um, that's the first half. The second half is going to address Lanaviim to the prophets. And particularly, he mentions, he's talking about the false prophets. He mentions Nevi'e Shomron in verse 13, Nevi'e Yerushalayim in verse 14. But then he's going to talk about the false prophets. And that's that's the lion's share. That's the majority of the chapter. So let's dive in a little bit. Um, and let's deal with each with each segment. So the first half, right, where he's talking about the leaders and he says, I'll read a little bit in English, English concerning the shepherds who should tend my people. It's you who let my flock scatter and go astray. You've given no thought to them, but I'm going to give thought to you because of your wicked acts, declares Hashem. And he says, and I myself will gather the remnants of my flock from all the lands to which I banished them. He says, I'll bring them back to their pasture and they will they will increase. And instead of their errant uh, shepherds, instead of the shepherds who are negligent, I will I'm going to establish for them appropriate leaders, a leadership which will uh, honor the people and which will lead them towards Hashem in the way of Mishpatu Tzedakah, like we read before. And he ends off this segment saying, repeating a prophecy that we already saw, I think, in chapter 16. A time will come when you won't just talk about the God who brought you out of Egypt, but the God who brought you out of the northern lands. In other words, put simply, God says there is going to be an exile, there is going to be a destruction, there's going to be a korban, there's going to be a galut, but there will also be a return. The die is cast, and yet, and it's and it's for very good reason, 
but yet the Jewish people is going to continue, the Jewish people is going to return to their land. Here we see a promise of two things, the reestablishment of the line of David, right, as we say in our and Kibbutz Galuyot, the ingathering of the exiles. Until now in Yirmiyahu, we've been discussing whether there is a possibility of tshuva, whether there is a possibility of averting the evil decree, or maybe it is inevitable. And we've come to a decision at this point that it is, it's going to happen. The die is cast. But yet, on the other side, Yirmiyahu is, is predicting and is prophesying that there will be a return, that the demise of the nation, the, the dismantling of the national infrastructure, because it is so rotten to the core, it will be dismantled, but it will be rebuilt with appropriate values so that the nation can continue in the correct path. And this echoes the notion of the She'erit that we saw in Yeshayahu, but here we see the the elements and the ingredients of uh, the idea of, you know, messianic age, the idea of the return, which is very powerful, ideas which begin in the Torah and are echoed here. The second section deals with uh, the Nevi'im. We've already seen in many, many places that both the Kohanim and the Nevi'im keep on saying to the people, Shalom, Shalom, everything's going to be fine. The Ein Shalom, but it's not. And that we have this sense that the prophets and the, the religious uh, stewards of society um, are not doing their job properly. Uh, and here we see this very, very powerfully here. He talks about uh, verse 11, the, the, the prophets and the religious leaders have just, uh, they're just pandering to the people right? They are acting in vanity to the people. They're telling the people what they want to hear. He says even worse things than that. He says, The prophets in Shomron prophesied to the Baal, and also the prophets of Jerusalem, now, it's not clear what exactly this means, when it says that they are in some way committing adultery. Does that mean they are following other gods or merely that they're lying? And later on, he talks about the idea that the prophets come along and say, I've had a dream from God. But God says, verse 21, I never sent those prophets. I never spoke to them, but they prophesied. If they really were in, in my mindset, and if I had spoken to them, then they would indeed be saying my words. They would be leading the people to come back from their incorrect path, from their evil path. And they would be committing the people to a path of tshuva. But instead, what exactly are they doing? Instead, what they're doing is they're just telling the people that they can carry on living their lives how they live them. And there's a lovely line here where he says, 
I'm not a distant God. I'm right here. If you try and hide, of course I'll see. I fill the heavens and the earth, but I'm right by your side. And therefore you cannot hide from me. I know exactly what you're doing. You can't come along and claim, you prophets, that you hear something from God. You can't come along and say, Shalom Yelachem, as it says in Pasuk Yudzayin, and allow everybody to continue in their evil ways. But one of the most remarkable aspects of this chapter is the way that Yumiyahu describes the prophetic experience. And he says, for example, and he says, you, you simply cannot compare what those false prophets, Malateven etabar, you can't compare the straw, the chaff, with the grain. <laughs> I've got grain, I've got stuff with real quality, with real food inside. They've just got the stalks, they've got something which maybe looks similar, grows in the same field, but it's actually fake. And um, Maybe let's read a couple of lines here. He says, A prophet who genuinely has a dream, he will say, the, the, he will actually have to repeat his dream. And you will say real, true words. Here are the what it is to experience God. It is like fire. It is shattering it is rock shattering it is like a, a a hammer smashes a rock or in another place he says in pasuk tet what it is to have prophecy it means that your heart breaks inside all of my bones are quaking quaking i feel like a man who's drunk in other words i'm not in control of my body i'm possessed by prophecy, when I have when I have the experience of prophecy, it is so powerful, it rips through my 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 whole psyche, it rips through my whole consciousness that I have no bodily strength like a like a, a drunk man, it totally overwhelms me. And these are really powerful images of the prophetic experience. Here's the fascinating thing. In the Gemara, they take the notion of like a hammer strikes a stone and smashes it as the notion of Shivim Panim Torah, that Torah can be interpreted in 70 ways. And I find that so beautifully ironic because, of course, here we are comparing true prophecy, the word of God, with fake prophecy. Fake prophecy is like the straw like the chaff compared to the grain. It bears no truth. And they will talk and they will talk and all it is is chanufa. It is flattery. It is pandering to the people. It's telling people what they want to hear. Or maybe, as I've suggested in a previous shi'or, since we're dealing with kohanim, they, they, they'll give birchat kohanim. They'll say, Yisa Hashem Sem Lecha Shalom. They'll tell everybody that everything's going to be fine as long as they bring their korbanot but they can't claim to be a prophet. The prophet is talking truth. The prophet feels this urgent surge of the fire of God within them. And Dafka says unpopular things. However, the true word of God, the true word of God isn't not, it, it's not like false prophecy. It's not fake. It's not even simplistic. 
It's so sophisticated that ultimately, Shivim Panim Torah, it will be so true that it will be relevant in this age and in another age, it will be taken from this angle and from that angle, it will be developed in the Midrash, it will be developed in the Talmud. The Talmud is, insists that there is so much truth in true prophecy that it contains endless possibilities to talk in different ages in, in the mode of truth. So this is really quite a powerful rabbinic understanding um, of the ultimate power of the divine word. That's chapter 23. Tomorrow, another exciting chapter from Yirmiyahu. Leitraut.